All right, everyone, welcome to Scooter and the Big Man, episode 19. We break down our general manager search. We talk about Steve Gelb's interview with Steve Cohen. We talk about some of the free agents the Mets are linked to, and we do a draft of the best Steves in the world. Without further ado, let's get it started. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. boys welcome to episode 19 how we feeling off season is like nothing's happening not much <laughs> going on There's, very little has happened this is like the perfect example of the baseball off season where like all the other off seasons are like really exciting right off the jump and then baseball is just like here's like a two to three month window where like you'll get like little spurts of excitement here and there and then nothing happens yeah like there's been the Mets have made like two like depth reliever signings that I don't, I don't even feel like bringing up and other than like maybe uh, one or two other signs that we might get to later a little, little teaser uh it's been super quiet but I think by next week it might uh start to to pop off a little bit so I think the, I think the winter meetings are next week right uh yeah they're rapidly approaching and it's I don't know how you feel about this. I, I trust the process with like Cohen and the whole new front office and ownership. But like, I'm a little nervous going into like winter meetings if we still don't have a general manager. It's a little, it's a little concerning. Not gonna, not gonna lie, not gonna show you coat, but it's, uh, I'd rather them find the right guy than just get a guy because they, they need some random one right now. I, I assume you might feel the same. I don't know. Yeah, no, like you obviously would rather them hire right and hire smart than do a rush hire and potentially fuck up this offseason. Because I think we could both agree this offseason is huge for the trajectory of the team going forward. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of big fish out there. We have a lot of money to spend and we have a solid core. So it's like, how do we capitalize on this? So you want somebody in place to start facilitating that offseason. And I mean, we could go right into who they just interviewed. This is this came out of absolutely nowhere, but yeah. they interviewed Chris Young, former Mets starting pitcher. For, he's a world champion against the Mets. He was on the uh, 2015 Royals team. But fucking Chris Young apparently is now a, a baseball front office candidate. I, I don't know where this even came from. It did come out of left. I know that he's working in inside MLB. I think he's like working with like the umpires or some something like that. Um, but not like a not like a front office sense or anything. So it was like a weird hiring and like kind of contradicted what Cohen said in his initial press conference. Like he doesn't want anyone learning on the job on his dime. So like kind of didn't make sense. I mean, I know like Chris Young is like a, he's like a Princeton grad or some Ivy League. I'm pretty sure it's Princeton. Um, and he's been working in the MLB offices for for a while. So I guess like that, but like he doesn't have any front office experience. But the thing I, I will say around that is I saw a tweet by someone that was basically like uh, idiots hire idiots. Jeff Wilpon hiring Brody Wilpon, uh, Brody Van Wagen. Might as well be Brody Wilpon. Because <laughs> they're yeah. fucking stupid. Um, they're idiots. Like you're going to hire someone who's fucking stupid. Sandy Olsen and Steve Cohen are smart. So if they think that Chris Young was the right candidate, then like I would, I'd be like, all right, let's see how it goes. I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm stoked about this, but I'd be like, all right, I'll give it a shot. I mean, 
this is all moot point because Chris Young also yesterday took himself out of the the GM candidate race. But what were, what were your thoughts on Chris Young when you first saw that? Other than that was just baffling. I mean, obviously, like I was a little confused. I, I wasn't really following his uh, post playing career. I did not know where he was working or if he was trying to progress towards working in a front office or not. Um, that being said, this is going to kind of sound like an immature take, but I look at Chris Young. And I don't, that's just like somebody I don't want to look at as my general manager. Not that like I'm saying like, not like saying like attractiveness or whatever, but like he just is, he's like six, seven and he's just a, he looks very doofy. And like, I just don't, yeah. Like I six ten. he's that big. Mm -hmm. I just huge. I just don't want to like, I don't want to look at him doing all these like fucking things and like interviews (laughs) and like press conferences, introducing all these players. Like he just looks like such a fucking doof. And like I, he could be smart and all this stuff, but it's just like I, I don't, I don't. That's such a bad take, and I know it's a bad take, but I just I a, don't want to fucking look at him all the time. This giant ass fucking big bird shit sitting at the fucking front office. Desk. Jesus Christ! I didn't know there was as much hate towards Chris Young. I don't like. I that, guess I just like tall people. Pat, I have a. I mean, now I'm a, triggered. <laughs> I have a counterpoint to that. Uh, Brody was a was a, a universally uh, known as a good looking dude. So we need yeah. the reverse of that. I get then give me like someone who's like five seven, like three, three eighty, and just sweating all the time. Like I'm two of those go- things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's let's get uh let's get PJ in the, the general manager chair, the opposite of Brody Vin Wagonen. I'm open to uh Steve, Sandy, my, my phone line is open. Are you officially uh, in the here. running for the general manager position? I'm going to use my platform here on Scooter and the Big Man uh, on Twitter at Scoot Big Man Pod to announce my candidacy for the Mets general manager position. Can we use the graphic now that I made, the uh, breaking news one? Yes, absolutely. Just, we'll just put, put you as the picture. <laughs> yes, 100% packet on that. Perfect. So back to Chris Young. The reason why he takes his name out of the running, apparently after he was done playing baseball, he moves to Texas, like in Dallas, to be with his family. And he didn't want to relocate to New York. Like, I don't, I don't understand why you would even interview for the position. If you already knew flat out that you wouldn't want to relocate to the New York, to the team. And it sounds like if he was willing to relocate, he probably would have gotten the general manager job. Yeah. He felt like the, uh, the number one candidate at the time. Cause I haven't really, correct me wrong. I haven't really heard too many other, too many others. Like I, We've heard like some guys that like they weren't allowed to interview or some that fell through, but I think that was mostly for the the president of baseball operations position, not the GM. I've really heard many like uh, other GM candidates being interviewed named like like specifically named. I know in Sandy's press conference they said like we've interviewed like six or something like that, but no one by name other than Chris Young. Yeah, and I think the only reason we heard about it because it fell apart. Yeah, I think if it doesn't really like completely fall apart it probably gets swept under the uh, the rug a little bit more. But yeah, the fact that he's not willing to relocate to New York after interviewing for a general manager spot for the New York Mets, super weird. Like, why, yeah. why bother? Why bother with the interview? Um, so you're saying you would be willing to relocate to New York if you got the general manager job? Yes, I would be. Uh, I'd be willing to relocate. Uh, I, Sorry, my big family. Yes, it, it's, it's crazy. I have all these these roots and ties to Orlando with all my family not being here. <laughs> we can, uh, I can make, I can make it work. If, uh, if I get paid the right amount, I can't, I can't take this job if I'm not getting uh, the, the right compensation. So obviously like we've went over this in the past, but if you're new to scooter in the big man, PJ and I both live in Orlando, Pat lives up in New York still. Um, 
PJ, can I can I complain real quick? Today is cold in Orlando. It's it is cold and oh, forty. It's, it's like yeah, it's like mid forties, like high forties, and that's for Florida. That's fucking cold. And if anyone who listens to this is from Florida, you're like PJ and I are both right now. We both got sweatshirts on. I got a blanket around my feet. Like I'm fucking oh, cold. Oh boo, I, boo hoo. I lost my New York like blood, like where it's like I could wear a hoodie and go out in 20 degrees. No, like I'm a fucking baby with the cold right now. See, I'm I still have that that northeast blood where it's like when it got to, when it gets down to like like fifth like high fifties and like sixties, I see like all my all my friends and I'm like, oh, it's fucking cold. And when you sweatshirt and sweats, I'm like, I'm still good with like uh pullover and like my shorts. I can still do that. It was like mid forties this this morning. I was fucking freezing. Like I, I wasn't prepared. Like I had my, I like my sweatshirt and shorts, and I was fucking cold. It's it's so cute. You guys think that forty degrees is is where you get you get the jacket, the winter coats out, you get the scarves out. That's that's none, none of 40, those things. Forty degrees, forty degrees is nothing. I don't even know why. Like I think forty degrees, I'd walk outside in like just like sweatpants and like maybe like a, a thermal shirt, and that was it, and I'd be like comfortable. And that's I not. Mean, me. I mean, I also went to school in SUNY Cortland, which is like, I think. 80 uh, miles sick, below sick the crack. Canadian border or something like that. That's not, probably not accurate. Not not accurate at all, but <laughs> <laughs> they sell it's close enough where they sell Canadian beer. So do you want to do a free ad for Molson? I know you lived off of it. Oh, I love Molson. I, I got to hang my neon light sign somewhere in my room. That's you my me. attic. Put it right behind <laughs> you. What's yeah, up? You could, you could cover up all your Redskin stuff. No, yeah, I got to. Yeah, I should really. This is problematic yeah. stuff. Yeah, podcast though. All right, so moving on. Yeah, uh, please. Yep, we don't need to talk about Pat anymore. Once ever that starts happening, I know we have to start going in a different direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, so we don't have a general manager. Andy Martino puts out an article. Shocking that it's our boy Andy Martino always, uh, but he puts out an article saying that the big expectations uh, from Cohen saying that he wanted to win a championship within three to five years is basically scaring away candidates because of like the high mark. Whether that is true or not. Um, I don't really care. Like, and I know I just don't care if that scares people away because other people on Twitter were saying it. And then Steve Cohen even fucking said it. Like, I'm not, that's fine. Like if you don't have high goals for yourself and don't want to set high expectations for this franchise, when you're like joining up, then like, I don't want you. So I'm completely fine with it. Um, if you're going to be terrified to join an organization that wants to win a championship three to five years, he's not saying I want to win a world series next year. Three to five years is like a sizable amount of time. You could do almost a full rebuild rebuild in five years. So I don't like that. No, I agree with you. Like it's, it's weird. That's that like, Hey, doing a good job is scaring people away. Like I, it, like you said, it's not like he's like, Oh, we need to win next year or I'll be disappointed. We need to be, on par with all these other uh, major franchises and, and all this and all this shit. Like he's, these are like realistic goals for a team that is a few pieces away. Like the, it's not like the Mets are the, like the Orioles right now where they're, they're super young. They're in the beginnings of a rebuild and they need, they need to start building. No, they have, they have the pieces there. They just need a few more to kind of put it all together. And in three to five seasons, you can, I don't want to say easily. Cause it's like, being, being a general manager is not easy, but with all the resources and kind of uh, guidance from like Sandy Alderson, the, the, the financial backing from Steve Cohen, you can find those guys more e- easier than some of these other teams can. So I don't really get why that's like scaring people away. Do you, like, do you think it's just clickbait? 
you think it's Martino clickbait or do you think there's actually like, like executives that are afraid of that expectation? I, I don't think it's clickbait actually. This is, this is the one time I'll, I'll say that I really don't think this is a, a Martino clickbait. It, it could be, it could be like him being like, Oh, I want to, I like him making it try and be clickbait. But I think the, the actual thing is some GMs might, some people might be scared. Like the goals are laid out in front of you. It's not like these are said privately where it's like, Oh, uh, you can kind of finesse around that. Like Cohen said, this is, these are my goals. I want you to line up with my goals. And, and guys might be like, I don't want, like if I don't win in five years, everyone will publicly know that's that I was a failure to Steve Cohen because he said he wants to win in three to five years. So I think it, I think there is some truth to it, whether Martino wanted it to be clickbait or not. I think there's there's truth to it. I feel like he probably like had like one source on this, though. I feel like it was probably like one or two people was like, oh, you know, like that's not really a comfortable situation for a new GM or something. And then he like just took it and ran with it. I guess that's um, so. So like, yeah, I guess that still makes it true that there are some people that are interviewing or some executives that are nervous with those expectations. But I, I, I don't know. I'd like to think that a majority of them wouldn't be like, if you're up to the point in your career where you can interview for general manager spots in major league baseball, like how are, how are you still afraid of these opportunities? You know what I mean? Like you're going into like a leadership role. You're going into a big market with a shit ton of money and a good core. Like, why wouldn't you be like pumped up and be like, yeah, you know, yeah, put the put the expectations on me. How many GMs actually like are in positions, though, in any sport where they're in a spot for like more than five years? It's either they're really, really successful or they get fired within five years. So it's like might as well just be like, fuck it. If I can win in five years, I'm a, I'm a legend. And if I don't, this is a normal term for a general manager anyway, where I'm probably just going to get fired. But that's why that's why I think it's so strange that like nothing has really materialized not even that like we don't have a gm candidate that we don't have like names of the possible candidates which they could just be keeping that uh under wraps because they don't want like everything to leak out and whatnot but that's that's the more that's that's where i'm more like maybe there is some truth to this that these guys are not i don't know if i, I don't know if scared is the right word or just don't want to have that uh allotted extra pressure on their on them at the gates i don't know so Got to find someone soon. Steve Gelbs interviews Steve Cohen. Uh, they had a really good interview on SNY. And in the middle of the interview, Steve Cohen like openly said, he's like, I'm actually surprised with how difficult it has been to fill the front office openings. Uh, he's like, I did think it was going to be a lot easier. He's like, obviously, Major League Baseball has like prevented us from interviewing a lot of candidates that we are interested in. Um, he's like, there's a lot of restrictions on that. He's like, I totally understand that they're under contract. So... You know, it's interesting. It's really going to be interesting to see what they can do. That being said, uh, I love Steve Cohen on Twitter. I get like 90% of my information now from him. But like he also tweeted, someone asked him, they're like, hey, Steve, like, could we still sign free agents without a general manager? And he just blatantly was like, yes, just one word. Yes. And the Mets have been linked to a couple free agents already. So they've been linked to George Springer a lot. Over the last couple of days, that's kind of intensified. Uh, the Blue Jays are also linked to George Springer, but it's kind of been mm-hmm. like Blue Jays and Mets. Um, and now we've heard over the last couple of days that they're linked to James McCann. So just an overview of that. What are your thoughts with free agency without a general manager? I mean, it's not like, like we we don't have a quote-unquote GM right now, but we have a guy who's been a GM in Sandy Alderson. So it's like he knows what he's doing and like he can fill that, like you said, he can fill that role and that void so he don't miss out on players. So 
am I worried about not signing players in the sense? No, because like I said, Cohen said, yes, we can sign players. They've signed some players, no, no major players. There's like two death relief pitchers, like I said before. But I, I generally think that agents of like these, the Springers, the Bowers, the Ramutos are waiting to see the Mets make a move because they have all this money and all this capital that they're, which we've never seen before. We've never seen teams waiting on the Mets and like, Hey, we're going to hold off these offers so we can see what the Mets can give us. So the, over, the overview, I guess, is like Sandy's done this before. So I trust with the entire front office. I trust what they're doing. That That's just plain and simple. They've done nothing. They've said nothing to make me uh, believe otherwise. Yeah. I mean, I feel pretty good. I, I like you just said, I'll double down on that. Like it, it does feel like certain teams or certain free agents, it would be dumb to not wait for the Mets. Mm-hmm. It, it would be dumb to not be like, Hey, if the Mets are really going to roll up the fucking brink truck for us, like let's see what they offer us because either we take that deal or we leverage it against another team to get more money from them. So like if Trevor Bauer's like, hold on, we're not taking any other offer until we see what a Met offer looks like. And he gets that base offer from the Mets and he's like, okay, now let's go to the angels and be like, this is what the Mets just offered me. What can you do with this number? And like, I, I think it would be so smart for any of them. If the Mets are calling you and interested now, you better wait till you get that number from the Mets. And then you either take that deal if you love it, if you want to play here, or you leverage it against one of these other teams and be like, hey, what can you do for me? So all that fucking prime example, I, this was football, but it's what fucking Kirk Cousins did to the Jets. Kirk Cousins was like, yo, the Justice offered me 90 million. He's like, let's call the Vikings back with this number. He got like something in the 80s, but like he was just like, that's close enough. Not playing for the fucking Jets. <laughs> Do you blame him? I don't even know. Honestly, the Jets future probably would have ended up the same anyway. So uh, we're just in a fucking down spiral forever. But it would have ended the same, but had a very expensive quarterback that you yeah. can get off of. Probably wouldn't have to deal with the Le'Veon Bell thing. Probably wouldn't have been able to afford him, so that probably wouldn't have happened at all. Or you wouldn't but, have been able to afford C.J. Mosley, who's been a, a huge, huge contribution to, to the Jets' success. Baseball's fun. Baseball. I'm talking baseball on this podcast. That's Scooter and the Big Man, episode 19. Uh, we're talking free agents in Major League Baseball. PJ. Yes. I really believe that George Springer is going to be a New York Met out of all the big free agents that are out there. I think that's the most likely to actually like come to fruition. It's not the one I want the most, but I, I think it's the most likely to actually happen. Yeah. Out of the big four being Springer, Romuto, Bauer and Lindor. He's the most likely. And I'm cool. I'm cool with that. Like I I've bounced around with Romuto and Bauer, but I, I, I really like George Springer. Especially as that leadoff guy who can play good center field. He pretty much does everything. For, he would do everything for the Mets. So I'm very cool with that. So I read something on Twitter that was kind of interesting. They were like, if you have Springer's addition, like his offense to the lineup, you don't have to go as aggressively offensive for catcher. Mm-hmm. Because the Mets already Mets already have like a top offense. I think they were like... I don't, I don't want to say it if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they were number one in run scored or they were in the top five in run scored. So like... You know it, and they were they were. I don't know the exact. They were in the top five, which is crazy because they were in the top five, and like we all know their struggles with runners in scoring position. They were still in like the bottom fucking five of like average runners in scoring position, which is just, those numbers just don't add up. Such it'd an anomaly cool. of a season. It'd be really cool if our producer wasn't just sucking his thumb right now and he could actually look up the stat, but he's not paying attention at uh, all. Yeah, so no, we're up? just gonna keep what going. Do you, what do you need? Chris Young, yeah. 
No, PJ oh. and I are going to keep going, but you're going to find out where the Mets ranked in total runs scored in Major League Baseball last year. All right. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate you. Kind of. Not out at all. Um, yeah, so regardless of which, they had a really good offense. So if you add another strong offensive piece to that, especially at the top of the lineup, maybe you go McCann. You go McCann instead of Real Muto. I'm, I'm, I'm really off the Real Muto thing. Like, I could talk myself back into it, if they signed him, but like I, I'm off it. I, I would so much rather James McCann. If they were getting the same amount of years, like if they were both like four year contracts, it's like I think Ramita is a no brainer. Not I think James McCann's good, but you're you're saying like oh we have the offensive production of George Springer to add to already good offensive team. Let's get a defense guy. But well, JT Ramuto is probably the best defensive catcher in the league. So like in that sense, it's it makes sense Fair. to go over Ramuto. But if he's gonna want like a seven year, like two hundred million dollar contract, that's just not worth it. For, for we, a catcher who's going to deteriorate in a few years. It's like, like 11. Really? Yeah. They, were, they had well, been top R- five. R- RBIs, right? No, run no, scored. Run scored. Isn't that the same thing? No. no. That's runs batted in. Run scored um, is different. 13th. Oh, wow. Oh, maybe I'm what thinking. Was that, what, what was average? The average? Oh, maybe maybe batting it's batting average. average. Were they ranking the um, league in batting average? Batting average, they were... They were first in batting average. Okay, oh, that's, that's what I was. That's what you're thinking. Okay. Then, yeah, I knew they led the league in like a key offensive thing. So okay, so yeah, when you're first in the league in batting average, you don't necessarily you don't necessarily need to add too much too much hitting, but it's always nice. Yeah, but but like I said, with the uh, with the Ramuto McCann kind of back and forth, you know, I mean, you know, I was on uh, not McCann, uh, Ramuto for the longest time. I still I still really want JT Ramuto, but I've kind of cooled off on it just because of his demands. And just thinking about a little bit more of the catcher position and the amount of years, the money, it's just probably not worth it when you can get McCann on a much friendlier deal who can do, who does less, who's like not as good, but still a very good option. I just don't want to see them put like so much money in like Springer, Real Muto and stuff like that. And it's like, okay, well, who's like, what's our bullpen look like? And it's like, oh, it's still like Familia, Gaselman. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, if they're going to do shit like that, like I'd rather them go get Springer, go get McCann and get like get a reliever too. Like, go get a couple relievers. Like, don't fucking waste all the money boosting up an offense that can already hit. No, I agree with you. I, I at this point, I'd much rather, like, I'm all in on Springer. I think Springer might be my number one at this point. Give me, give me Springer, give me Bauer, and give me a reliever. Would you say, say Bauer's just not in the, in the cards? Say he, he just wants to go elsewhere. Who's your, who's your next, like, what's your next plan? Like, starter? Yeah, like as a start, this this is kind of come off the cuff. I just thought about this right now. I put you on the spot. So obviously, I think I, I would have originally said our next plan is Charlie Morton, but Charlie Morton has decided to sign with the Atlanta Braves, um, which is I have no feelings towards. I guess I feel like if he signed with the Mets, I would have been like, oh yeah, we got Charlie Morton, but now he signed with somewhere else. I'm like, eh, he might be a flash in a pan. Maybe that foot that fades. No big deal. <laughs> so not not concerned with the Charlie Morton thing, but I think Jake or or Rizzi, Odorizzi. Odorizzi. I, I think that's my next guy that I would pick to go like after for rotation wise. Cause I actually feel like he has some plus side. A lot of the other guys are kind of like aging out veterans where mm-hmm. you're like, maybe this works, but we tried that shit with Michael Walker. We tried that shit with your boy, Ricky raindrops, Porcello, and that shit does not work. Um, I told you I would really like Adam Wainwright just to take a flyer on him, but I don't want him as like in the rotation. Like I kind of want him as like that extra guy that floats around. If you need him to start, he starts like so difference with like some of these guys available to Porcello and Waka is like, 
like say let's take a Corey Kluber for example. He's been injured the last like two years, but Corey Kluber was a legit top five pitcher in the league yeah. for a few years. And like Rick Russell won won his Cy Young. Uh, other than that, he's been he's a meth pitcher. Michael Walker had a few flesh and pens like earlier on in his career, but he's been largely disappointing the rest of his career. Like a uh, Kluber, a uh, Tanaka, like these are they have been like really really good pitchers and top and top of the rotation type of guys for portions of their career. Even in Adam Wainwright, Adam Wainwright, I'm a little less excited about because I just don't think he's he has that anymore. That would be that would more trend towards the Porcello Walker signing to me, but not like as as kind of like a cheap and bad. So- as- would you rather would you rather Tanaka or Kluber? I think I would take the flyer on Corey Kluber. I just like Tanaka. I just I just know how mad Yankee fans would get if we had Tanaka. <laughs> yeah. But then also like if Tanaka was bad, it would be like twice as bad. Because like they'd be like, oh, like we knew not to re-sign him. You guys are idiots. You guys got our shit. Like, ha ha ha, fuck you. Like, you know that's just like a fucking that's just it has a high ceiling and a, at a low floor. Yeah, it's got a really low floor. Like, I don't. I wish the Mets were actually good. Like during those stretches, like because when they like took like Pedro Feliciano from us, and like he didn't pitch anything for that. He did. Like, I wish. I wish we could have had like the ha 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 moment with that. But the Yankees were still fine, and the Mets were still fucking garbage with that. Like, yeah. this could be kind of cool if like the Mets got Tanaka. Tanaka was actually good with the Mets. Mets had a nasty rotation with Tanaka in it, and then it's like, yeah, look at that. Like we fucking stole something you wanted mm-hmm. it's the same thing with dj lemayhu like if the mets fucking somehow ended up with dj lemayhu it's like look at that like we just took like your fucking prize your guy, possession, yeah. your guy and now he's with us but that being said if you do that and that player doesn't perform then it's like ha we knew not to resign him you guys are fucking idiots you just gave him the bank so it could go either way yeah. and like you said high floor high ceiling yeah uh just going, I want to actually double back onto the, the Charlie Morton thing because you said it doesn't really phase you. I'm not saying it's like keeping me up at night, but I'm a little annoyed because I've said I'm a big Charlie Morton fan. And I was just like gung ho in my head. He's re signing with the Rays. They they declined his option because they want to save money, uh, you know, because of weird, weird COVID offseason. So I like, I had no, I didn't really think he was going to sign anywhere else besides the Rays. So him signing with another team and it being the Braves kind of annoyed me because that was like, that was my second guy that I wanted behind like a Trevor Bauer and, and Stroman. Like that was the other starting pitcher I really wanted. So like it's annoying, but I'm not like, I'm not staying up at night being like, fuck the Braves have Charlie Morton. Now, how are we ever going to beat this team? I don't know what it is. The Braves just still don't concern me. It's an, it's an Atlanta sports thing. Like I, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like when it comes down to it, if the Mets had to play the Braves in a big, big game or big series, like I feel like they'll, they'll just crumble. And it's just the, it's the perspective around like Atlanta. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it is crazy how every single team in in, in the Atlanta uh, metropolitan, whatever you fucking call it, sports area, is so bad in big and big pressure situations. Whoa, whoa! Their MLS team won a championship. Teams I care about. MLS is that a real sport? MLS. Yeah, yeah. It's like, 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 like really people soft. watch that. I mean, I could see the Orlando City Stadium from my apartment. Yeah, but like, would you ever go to an Orlando City game? I have never gone to an Orlando City game once. I've been to MLS, I've been to two MLS games. What was the experience like as a fan? It was fun. Could fun. you watch it on TV? No, I couldn't. No, I don't. I just don't. I don't fuck with soccer. I'd rather watch uh, paint dry than watch soccer on TV. World Cup soccer is fun to watch. Yeah, like, because that, that's could, that's exciting. That's because I could like fake my nationalism and be like, yeah, like oh, Italy. Yeah, my whole family is from Italy. Like, but they're like, I no one's from Italy. Like. <laughs> Like four <laughs> generations ago, it was from Italy. Like, and then like half my family's Irish. And like, when we go, what? 
Going over for Ireland. That was talking soccer. We're just doing yeah, Ivory Coast. Copyright. Ivory Coast is Africa, Pat, but that's... Yeah, but the flag is basically the reverse <laughs> of Ireland's flag. All right, so, I, so I have three teams I could root for. Or America, I guess, too, if I really want to just it's, do that. It's a... Uh, it's crazy that the, the fourth team you thought of was the one that you currently live in. Yeah. <laughs> Good old nationalism. Go Ivory Coast, baby. Uh, Go today, Ivory. Uh, you got anything else on free agency? Anything? Any other uh, players? Anyone well, tickle your fancy? Well, we did have something uh, that Sandy Allison said early, a little earlier in the week. He said that he's not in the market really to trade prospects. He wants to build up the farm system and kind of build – this offseason through free agency. So that's really telling me that the Mets are out on Lindor and Arenado, unless they can get like a super cheap deal. I want to know what your thoughts are on like his, those like comments and like how this, that's going to shake out. I mean, I feel like even like when Sandy was here for his first regime, he's not a big um, trade prospects thing. I mean, 2015 was obviously like his big, like, all right, I guess I got to invest in this team because they're playing well and like they're in it. Mm-hmm. But like he's never really made like an offseason, a big offseason trade or anything like that. And like even like when he traded for Cespedes, he gave up Michael Fulmer, which was like our big arm in the, I guess in the pen or a big arm in the farm at that time. Yeah. But that being said, there was only like one prospect. It was a one for one, basically. I'm sure there was like a second part of that, but I, I don't remember what it was. There were more people packing with that up the UN Cespedes Mets trade in 2015. I think there were more more players and I just don't remember. I just don't remember. Just, just, I, just, I know it was like, it was the Michael Fulmer was the big piece, but that being said, like Sandy's not really known for making those type of moves. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of like, kind of, you kind of had to expect it, but I, I'm still not going to rule them out. Like I'm still not going to rule out. Like if the Indians are like, Hey, listen, we want to move this player. We really want to do this. Like give us an offer. And I think you might be surprised. I think you might be able to get a player like that with more, major league talent being traded. So he doesn't want to empty the farm, but that doesn't mean like a guy like Brandon Nimmo, JD Davis, like Rosario, Rosario, Jimenez is now part of the major league team. Like these aren't farm system guys anymore. They're now on the major league roster. So I think you could still pull off a Lindor trade with the majority of the players you trade being guys from the major league roster, especially if you trade, especially if you sign like George Springer. Now you kind of have a lot of outfielders again. Yeah. I think with them signing a, if they sign spring, which I really think they will, that kind of leaves Brandon Nemo in a weird spot. Cause you got, you could move him to left field like that. That's, that's fine. He's a much better corner outfit than he is a center fielder, but his, his big thing in the lineup is being a leadoff hitter. George Springer would be, would be your leadoff hitter. Like that's no question. So Brandon Nemo's spot and his role of being the guy who gets on base uh, to start the game, start the ending and whatnot is, is kind of, it's not there anymore. And he has, he'd have to find a new identity. So it's kind of him being in a weird spot. Oh, uh, the second guy to that trade for Cespedes was uh, Luis Sessa. Oh, uh, okay. So, I mean, he moved around. Nothing. He wasn't really much. Nah, um, nothing. But, yeah, no, I agree with you. And it's kind of funny, too, though. I'm going to give Brandon Nimmo some love. Like, everyone's so quick to send him out of town. Man had, like, one of the highest on-base percentages for this team. And his OPS, like, is fucking always high as fuck because he gets on base and he's just, like, a smart hitter. But so many people are just, like, First name you could think of to get out of that outfield is like, yeah, let's get rid of Nimmo. Obviously, Conforto is like a fucking – you'll never move Conforto. You'll try to keep him as a Met as for his whole career if you can. So if you could get Springer, Conforto, but like who do you want in left? Do you want Dom Smith? Do you want – like, you know, you got to pick. Let's say there's no DH. 
are you gonna are you gonna uh, elect to play Brandon Nemo in a non leadoff spot over Dom Smith, who was like an MVP candidate last year? I know Dom's like Nemo's probably better left fielder than Dom Smith is, but Dom Smith is like a much better like pure hitter than than Nemo is, and Nemo gets on base. Like there's no doubt about it. Like he was great at getting on base, but that is a a better role suited for a guy who's a leadoff hitter. And I've said, like I said many times, George Springer would be that leadoff hitter. Like you're not going to not bet Springer leadoff to bet Brandon Nimmo leadoff. And I, I like Nimmo. I think he's a fine player. I think he would be a starter on like a good amount of teams. I don't know if he's, I don't know if he's a starter on like a, a cha- like a, a championship winning team. I think he, in that, in that role, he's more of, he's more of a fourth outfielder who would play a lot. Like he'd be like the first guy off the bench, play a lot of, like a lot of games. Like he'd be a big part of the team, just not the everyday starter. I mean, you and I talked about this like really early on in the starting this show. Like I was trying to trade fucking Brandon Nimmo for Starling Marte. Yeah. Like I just thought like that was a smart move to do. If you could do it, like if they wanted to do it one for one, because it said the Mets weren't willing to do that move back then. Like, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm all for moving Nimmo. But I do think he deserves a little more love than he gets. But oh, definitely at the end of the day, like you just said, like when you're building a championship team, you have to upgrade good players for great players. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Mets have been very reluctant to do. Whenever they get like a young core of pitchers or a young core of hitters, it's like, okay, like, no, we're just going to invest in like these little like decent like additions and hope it's enough. Like, let's hope this gets us over the hump. It's like, no, like now it's time to you look at the shortstop spot. Like, if you could upgrade. Jimenez for Lindor and you could do it without destroying your whole farm system. Like you have to fucking do it. You have to start doing these moves. Like if you can upgrade your third base position from potentially having JD Davis start there or having fucking Chris Bryant or Nolan Arenado, like you have to look into doing these moves. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean dump the whole farm system. It means look into it and and be smart about it. Like if you can get, like like you said, if we can get a Lindor for mostly MLB ready guys, like if you, if you make that trade, JD Davis, Brandon Nemo, Andres Jimenez, who is like an MLB ready player, but is also a prospect because this is his first year. And maybe one other guy in the farm system, maybe not your, t- maybe not one of your top five, top six guys, but someone of that to spice up the deal a little bit. I think you would go for that. I agree, but I'm not in that situation yet. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping to be in that GM situation. Uh, my candidacy is, is open still. So um, speaking, speaking of candidacies that are open with the Mets, the Mets now have an opening for bench coach. Yes. Came out uh, yesterday. Henry Mullins no longer uh, not coming back. Um, is this nickname Bam Bam? I don't know. I thought his nickname was Bam Bam. I might have just made that up. Bam Bam. Bam Bam's now, not coming back if it is Bam Bam. Bam Bam. Now, Bam Bam, I'm going to keep, I'm just going to call him Bam Bam until it gets uh, debunked that it's uh, probably not that. Pat, I'm looking it up. Thank um, you. I don't really have much on this. I don't really, I don't really know too much what a bench coach does. I'll be completely honest. I think they're there for moral support. <laughs> Who, so I, we talked about this off air, but the overwhelming want on Twitter is for Carlos Bell trying to get that, that bench coach spot. And if I'm Carlos Beltran, I don't know. Why the fuck would I want to come and be a bench coach when I was already hired to be a manager? By the same name is Bam Bam. Yeah. Ooh. Good job, Brian. Thank you. Thank you very much. I listened to something once and remembered it. That's not really a brag. That's just things that happen. <laughs> I, think you're just, I think you just watched a, a Heat game and saw Bam out of bio. I was like, oh, that, that name twice could be something. Bam Bam. Out of bio, out of bio. On the Flintstones. Yeah, but yeah. Bam Bam. Yeah, Carlos Beltran. I don't know why he would want to come back to be a bench coach, but team that hired him as a manager and then fired him. Like, I, it doesn't make much sense. Would I like uh, Carlos Beltran back? Sure, but whatever. Yeah, if I was Beltran, I wouldn't take that. No. I mean, I guess maybe you would 
just to get back into baseball. But like, no, do that with another team. You don't need to do that. Like have, have some pride, Carlos. Unless they're like, unless they they have in their mind, like, Hey, we want Carlos Bunch to be manager, but we already committed to Luis Rojas for this year. Just come as a bench coach. And then for one year and, and see how to be, to manage, I guess for one year and then we'll get rid of Rojas and bring you. I, I don't really see that happening. I don't see them. I don't know. I don't, I don't want them to do stuff like that. I don't want them to think of like these like possible like contingency plans, like where it's like, okay, we're going to bring someone in just because we know we want them to take your spot. Like at the end of the day, you want Rojas to work out and you want Rojas mm-hmm. to be the manager of the New York Mets for the next fucking five, 10 years and go on these crazy runs and take them to championships. Like I, we now have all the pieces in place and everything working for us where it's like, I don't want to root against success. No, I'm not saying that either. I, that was like the only, the only possibility I could say that he would maybe come back in, but I I don't see it happening. Do I have any other candidates in mind? Not, not really. Cause like I said, I don't really know what the fucking bench coach does. Yeah, no, I, I, I like I said, I agree with you. Um, something kind of off topic. I have two things that are really off topic. Um, Korean baseball championship trophy is a, giant fucking sword and that is just cool as shit watching that presentation when they literally like pull a sword from a fucking like glass case that has to be like one of the coolest trophy presentations ever uh congrats to the uh, nc dinos for the uh, their their kbo victory do you watch any of the kbo when it, when it was on early like like much earlier on when there was like no other sports on yeah when it was on at, like 2 a.m yeah yeah i actually did watch a little bit I did too. I thought I, I loved it. I, I don't know if it was because like there was no other sports on. I just, I needed a fix. Um, but I, I loved it. I also, uh, uh, you know, give some applause to me. Uh, I put a, uh, a bet in the beginning of the season for the uh, NC Dinos to win the, the championship. So how good much? on me. I was like a $20 bet. I forget how much I won. Wow. That's yeah. such a Damn. quick guess. What a flex that you don't even know how much you won. Do you yeah. win that much? I don't know. I, I have no idea. I can't sign to my fucking account. <laughs> Do you have a gambling addiction, Peter? No, I made one Korean baseball bet. And it worked. Yeah. You, you should retire from Korean baseball. I will. I, I I can almost assure you that I probably won't watch any more Korean baseball. Can, not because I don't like it, because it's just not going to be on. Can we get an open uh, retirement from Korean baseball statement from you? Yes. Uh, as of as of this day, uh, December 1st, 2020, I, PJ future GM of the New York Mets, um, and retiring from gambling on uh, Korean baseball. I'd like to thank my my friends and family who have supported me throughout this entire way. Um, it's been a ride, but there's there's just times you know you you know you have to step away. This is like Calvin Johnson retiring so so young. Uh, Pat, can you get the breaking news graphic also for this? Yeah, as no, well? gonna, no, fuck you. You're not gonna make two breaking news graphics. <laughs> you've, been, you've been begging to 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 make this uh, anything for this breaking news graphic. That is true. Patch dying for news. I'm Uh, I'm giving you news. The second weird thing that I had, not really weird. This is kind of cool. Steve Cohen owns the uh, Bill Buckner ball. So it was like somebody bought that ball for like, or auction bought the ball for like over $430,000, like a couple of years ago. Mm Mm-hmm. It was fucking Steve Cohen and like nobody knew it was Steve Cohen. And then in the middle of his Steve Gelb's interview, he's just like, oh, hey, by the way, I got this little number. And he's like, wait, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, I have it. I I thought it was only going to be like 130K to buy, but you know, I bought it for 430 and he's like, I'm going to go put it in the Mets museum. And he's just fucking like holding it, like looking around at it. He's like, yeah, I just, I don't know what I'm going to do with this little thing, but you know, I got it. It's such a flex. He just pulled it out of nowhere. And he's like, yeah, I got like the most, one of the most famous uh, balls in New York Mets history. No big deal. 
Like, and he was just sitting at his desk and it was like within grabbing distance. Like the things within grabbing distance for me right now are like very depressing. So I, I have an a, empty, I have an empty wine glass. Fan. Uh, oh, come on. Not, Ryan, do you, I don't you have, have that, the kill it, the kill it poster. I don't have a problem. Uh, Thanks. Oh, red wine. Oh. I, have a, I have a book. You know, baby. Um, I got this snow globe. Sheesh. Got a Disney snow globe. I have a, I'm, glad, a I'm glad we're all we're using visual things for a podcast right now. <laughs> you guys all saw yeah. the snow globe. You guys all saw my my Kenya good radio. Hat. Good good radio. Yeah. But, uh, um. Yeah. It was cool. Like yeah. just just another thing to love about it. I was just so it was so nonchalant. Like yeah, I got this Bill Buckner ball. No big deal. I'm gonna put it in the Mets museum. All right. I spent the uh, I spent. Uh, $300,000 more than I thought it would, but eh, no big deal. He also posted a lovely photo of his family on Thanksgiving. And it's just like, part of me just wanted me to put on a Met shirt and just be in that fucking family photo. That family's perfect. Wanted. That's all that, of me wanted the, to do that. That family is perfect. They are the perfect family and they are now in charge of the New York Mets. It's such a fucking surreal thing. Still. That's our dad and his family. Sorry. Isn't that our uncle? We call it his uncle, Steve. Yeah. Or he's our uncle. Him, yeah. I, he, he is my relative. Cause like, I want to get beers and hang out with him. Like, and I feel like there's a certain like level of like dad, son thing. You can't like, you need that weird uncle. I want him to be that weird uncle. Nah, he is uncle Stevie. Yeah. What Pat, what you gonna make just, weird comments? Go ahead. Make a weird comment. I want him to be your weird uncle. That's, I don't want him to do. Weird. I don't want to say the yeah, weird uncle. I want him to be the yeah. cool uncle. Cool uncle. I don't want him to do weird cool. things okay. to me. All right, well, <laughs> I'm just saying you, the, the way you st- stop, stop while you're ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if it got me uh, trevor bauer i would do it uh oh boy anyway. Bre- breaking news it's <laughs> <laughs> coming out i want you to use breaking news graphics so bad he's making his own news yep <laughs> we're gonna break so much news in this podcast all right that being said we have another draft boys we sure do and we are doing a draft this week of our top five Steves. In honor of our, our our weird, cool dad, uncle, Steve Cohen, whatever we denominate him. Um, however, the first pick would be too easy. Yeah, so we already said Steve Cohen is not a part of this draft, just so whoever had the first pick would not automatically win the draft. And unfair, but he, he is, uh, by, by rule, he's the unanimous number one. No, there was really no, maybe, maybe Pat would take someone different, but I'm pretty sure the order this week is, is, is what's Brian, you, me, I think. Can I, can I volunteer to go last? Be, just because you, you, before the podcast started, you guys have, I think 20 Steve's each. I have a very small list. So I, I kind of want to see how you guys start off. And if, okay. if I get so, a feel that I'm going to run out of stuff, I'm going to just completely shift to plan B, which I'm, I'm confident with plan B, but I don't want to go to plan B. I'm cool are with that. You, if you're you, you're, cool you're going to trade? Is this an official draft trade? So, no, so I'll just go last. I'll go. Who who went first last week? It's, it's going to go. It, it, last week was me, uh, Brian, you. So you want it to be Brian, me, you? Yeah, yeah. Just do that. Okay. All right. All right. Are we Brian, ready? The first pick, yes. The first pick of this is actually very, very challenging. Like PJ said, or Pat said, like, I have over 20 names on this list. And I don't know the direction everyone else is going to go. So to have first pick, it's it's a little stressful. That being said, I feel really good about this first one, getting everything going. Um, it's a legend of the game in himself. I'm going to go Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter. Yeah, that's a good first pick. I had I had him in my uh, my my like my top five. Didn't, yeah, I didn't even think about him. 
the, the crocodile hunter deserves to be in one of the top three names said. So I'm, yeah. I'm very confident with that first one. No, that's a good, that's a good first pick. Okay. Um, my first pick is also a legend of the game. Some might say, some might call him the goat. And as the Texas rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. Hmm. Brian, you're wincing. Was that was that the the go around pick? I had I, he was in my like top three names of discussion for that pick. Yeah, I had to. Be. I mean, I was. I'm so happy that Pat said, "Oh, let me go last," because I didn't expect you to take him first. I I, so, I thought Pat might take him, so I was like, "I'm so happy." I big wrestling boys, me and Pat. So to get to get the uh, the Texas rattlesnake, Chili McFreeze as, as he was maybe once going to be called, hmm. love it. Okay, so I think uh, this is this is tough because I kind of want to. Uh, I have like three ideas going. Oh, I just spilled my coffee on my floor. Hold on. I have like three ideas that I kind of want to do. Uh, uh, okay, you got back. You got back to back, Pat. You can yeah, make a statement. I know I got back yeah. to back, but now I'm kind of regret. I don't. I need time. Uh, I'm gonna go with. Uh, Steve from Minecraft. Mm. That's the name of the default skin. His name is Steve. I'm a huge Minecraft guy. Uh, I don't hate that pick. So I'm going to go with Steve from Minecraft just because that that's a homie pick. I know Brian hates it, but you understand my love for Minecraft. I, I know your love for game. Minecraft, but to say that's a top three Steve of all time is aggressive. Yeah, because I've, I've realized I've kind of, I have to, yeah, okay. I, I'm sticking with my gut. I think this is going to work out. That's getting creative. So uh, yeah, so I'm going to go with Steve and also I'm going to go with tennis, Steve. He is the, the on the, uh, the, the console version of Minecraft. He's another version of Steve. You can use it's Steve, but uh, with a tennis outfit. Oh no. So what that, a, is my exactly first, that is my first and second pick. I'll are post you, pictures in the group chat. Are you pandering you to a, a certain audience right now? No, this isn't I just love Minecraft. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So I know that, where you're going. Is my, this is this is gonna be. I, I'll tell you what my first strategy was at the end of the draft. Okay. Uh, but PJ, let's hear it. My uh, my next pick is gonna be is gonna be a comedy legend, Steve Carell, okay. star of one of the star of one of the best like TV space shows of all time. Yes. Yes, big space horse guys over here. Um, yeah. I mean, there's not much more to say. And Steve Carell, Steve Carell is a fucking legend. The Office is one of the funniest shows of all time. Yeah. All right. So. My next pick, I go back to back, right? Yes. Mm, this is challenging. I know one of them for sure. I'm happy that they're still here. I was nervous they wouldn't make it to this round. I took a chance. Uh, I'm going to go Steve Rogers, Captain mm, America. That was going to be my other one if I didn't take Carell. So okay. I'm going to go America's ass, Captain America. That's a good one. And then this one is a little challenging because I have a lot of names that I could feel comfortable with here. Um, but... I'm going to go, fuck, this is actually really hard. I don't know. There's a lot of Steves. I'm going to go Steve-O. Oh, that's a good pick. That's a oh, good pick. Shit. I, I'm going to go Steve-O. Think of these. Yeah. When you said comedy legend at first, I thought you were going to do it. And I was like, shit, I have Steve-O. But no, I'm going to go with Steve-O uh, from Jackass. <laughs> I had Steve-O on, on, my, on my list. I thought he was going to fall farther. I, I didn't know if either of you guys were going to think of Steve-O. But that's a good pick. That's a good oh, pick, Brian. Right? So my, my, my next pick is going to... Uh, Rival one of your picks, but it's not. It's it's not uh, an America base. You're gonna say. You're gonna say. Doctor Stephen Strange. Oh, okay. very good. I thought you were gonna yeah. say okay. Stingray. Stingray after uh, Stingray, Stingray Steve. Steve Irwin. 
going after Steve Irwin on me, and I was nah. at the end of the podcast right here. Steve, that was good, Steve the Stingray. <laughs> Stingray, Stingray Steve, Steve is a person, yeah. Famous uh, Mississippi State fan. Yeah, I don't oh, know if from he's the, worthy. Okay, I know who you're talking about. All right. Yeah. yeah. So, so we just took that. Yeah. But no, Stephen Strange. Okay. Yeah. Pat, your pick. Uh, what uh, what other Minecraft Steve are you going to take? So, uh, relax. Okay. <laughs> so the next one I'm going to take is Tuxedo Steve. Uh, he is the most fancy of the Steves uh, with his nice little black suit and a little rose as his on his like uh, the lapel. Of his, you of mu- his, uh, you might not tux. get a single vote. I'm telling you, I think I think this might be outlandish enough to get a vote. Uh, so Tuxedo Steve, like I said, the graphic will uh, everyone's seen these these players before. And then uh, my this is my fourth pick, right? All right. So now yeah. I'll go, uh, this is a layup. I can't believe he dropped to the fourth round. Scottish Steve. <laughs> It's the Steve that has the little the the kilt. Uh, I think he's a redhead. Uh, I think it's going to really play to our our Scottish fans, and uh, I'm 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 happy with it. And I think I have this draft in the bag. What bag? All right, PJ, keep rolling. I'm going to go with uh, this one. This one's going to be more more off kilted. Uh, I'm going to take Steve the Pirate from Dodgeball. Ooh. Okay. Yes, uh, a legend legend of the game. Miss missed the championship uh championship bout, but uh but took him all the way there. That's good. That's good. That is a good one. All right. Uh fourth pick. So I go fourth and fifth pick right now, right? Yes. Oh shit. So this is the end of my board. I'm gonna go Stephen Hawking for one. I feel good with that. Right. Legend of uh the space-time continue continuum. <laughs> and then five five is tough because honestly, every single name on my list is still in front of me. Every Steve that I had is an option. I have a lot of names still here. I didn't. I didn't steal any of your Steves. You did not. Uh, nah, confidently, you can say that, Pat. You had no uh, bearing on my board. I'm trying to think if I want to go. I'm going to go Steve from Blues Clues with my last one. I feel like you got into some shit. That, that's the thing. I just don't think I'm, I'm a huge pro Joe guy. I think Joe's better than Steve. So I don't like that pick at all. That's fine. No, I'm, I'm, I feel comfortable ending with that. I'll go Steve from Blues Clues. See, I. That's not. Uh, Brian, I'll, I'll, I'll hand up. I like your draft. You had a good first pick. The, the two and three were, were very, very solid. Two that I really had. Last two are, are solid, but nah. That's fine. I feel like I had to go well-versed. I had a couple athletes on here, but I I, I would frame from going the athlete route. Yeah, I had a lot of a lot of athletes. I had some some comedy. It's time for me to, to mold the minds of tomorrow. That's why I'm going to go with my last pick. Uh, Stephen F. Austin University. Oh, my God. A school? Uh Stephen F. Austin. Uh, you had every pick as Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Not yet. I still got my oh, fifth. Finish I, out, Pat. Finish, finish I, up. I still, well, hold on. Isn't Stephen F. Austin the, is that the purple school? Yes. Is that what it's I'm purple. Of? SFA with the Texas logo. Uh, a, not- a noted uh, upset team in the tournament. Okay. I, I got to try to find, there he is. Okay. So my last pick, I mean, if you guys kind of got the the trend, uh, my last pick is going to be uh, Steve Cohen. And if you don't know who Steve Cohen is, I just sent a picture in the uh, the group chat. Of, All uh, our listeners can see this man. Yep. Yeah. We'll be on the graphic, but it's pretty obvious. Uh, Steve Cohen. He's a famous uh, French uh, ph- philanthropist. Uh, he definitely doesn't look like anyone we know. Uh, did you guys see the picture? No, it's downloading. It's down- Mine's I downloading. I saw the picture, Pat. Okay. So yeah, he, he's, uh, he's a French <laughs> philanthropist. I think I think he rounds out my team perfectly. 
I've been I've been racing against the clock making that picture <laughs> during this whole draft. So I was trying I to stall, but yeah, Steve Cohen. Uh, he looks. I think he's really. He might be related to Steve Cohen, but I'm not too sure. I don't really see it. No, right. I'll be honest. Oh, I I'm going to read off some of my honorable mentions because I I feel like they still were worthy of being said on air. And then if mm-hmm. you got any PJ, I have a lot still left. <laughs> All right, so. I have Steve the Hair Harrington from Stranger Things. Okay. I got Steve Urkel, Steve Martin, Steven Spielberg, Stephen King, Steve Young, Steve Gelbs, Steve Harvey, Steve Jobs, Steve Nash, Steven Tyler, Stephen Colbert, Stevie Nicks. I mean, Stevie Hicks and Stevie Wonder. Solid. I have a uh, Steven Jackson. I had Nash. I had both Steve Smiths, the one on the Panthers and the Giants. Oh, shit. Forgot them. Yeah. I had uh, Steve Stifler from American Pie. I had him. Oh, I didn't write him down, but I did think of him. I had rest in peace, Steve McNair. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a, uh, the other uh, Steven Jackson, the basketball player. Uh, I had Sting, famous wrestler, uh, real name, uh, Steve Borden. Yeah. Um, Brian, I am shocked you didn't pick this this one or have it on your honorable mentions. Steve Novak. Okay, oh, so that's... Fuck. I fucked up. That, fuck. My... My strategy, my first strategy was to purposely fuck you both over and pick players that I knew because I knew you're going to pick Steve Austin for the first pick. Yeah. And then I knew I thought Brown was going to pick Steve Novak. So my one and two were going to be Steve Austin and Novak. But then I started looking up the Steves on Minecraft. I'm like, that would be funny. But then I was like, you know what? I should maybe just Photoshop Steve Cohen somehow so I can buy my two and three, three options. But I'm not, obviously, I don't think I'm not going to lie. I, uh, anytime we do these drafts now, this is like the third one. I, I really want to win and I've gotten some feedback that I'm not very good at them from people. Yes. So yeah. I've went to people and being like, what do you think of this? And then like, I, oh, I, I, I get, workshopping? I get feedback. Oh. I get feedback. You're going down to the seller. Feedback. P- pitching out your gift. jokes. Feedback is a gift. If you're not willing That's... to take feedback, you're not willing to lead. It's this isn't miss America. All right. So the Steve draft is over. Pat, any any statements on your draft? Just I, I'm not I, gonna I'm not gonna say it was a bad draft. I just want to know if you have any statements on it. I I think I was like, it's like when like you, you got a big test and like you run the school and you're tried. You thought you didn't you know you didn't study enough, and you show up and you kind of just sit at the desk like, oh shit, now, this is what I got to deal with for the next forty minutes. That's that was me in this draft. I I'm confident. I think people will find my draft good and unique. And that's all I care about is being a, like a, a snowflake because every snowflake's different. Well, so we I, would love, I would love some challengers, boys. This is getting too easy for me. Well, you and your posse of New Jersey, Red Bank, uh, hoo-hahs, who probably vote, vote, vote for you. Uh, is, you Red, got, is Red Bank the only city in New Jersey you know? The only town in yeah. New Jersey you know? I don't know, I don't know where I read that. Trenton, you Trenton <laughs> trash. You... The difference is like PJ puts in his like group chat and he's like, Hey, all my friends support me. And they're like, yeah, we're going to support you even when you're wrong. And then like, we put it in our group chats, Pat. And they're, they're all just like, no, nah, fuck you guys. We don't want you yeah. to win. That's so why you're probably PJ getting winning. You're probably can, getting two I group get, chats of votes. I can guarantee maybe uh, one, two on a good day. Three people actually will, will vote. If I, I put it in my group chat, I know PJ's parents listen to this show and they will always vote for him. That's <laughs> bullshit. He gets two free votes every week. I, First of all, my mom only is on does does not vote. She does not have a Twitter. Shout and, out Mrs. Pinello. Shout out uh, Lori, my mother, uh, <laughs> and Pete Pinello, my father, who you may be shocked at. He goes by Pete. Uh, yeah. 
Bibinel, uh does not barely know how knows how to use his phone. So you know, he I, I saw him this weekend. He forgot his phone in my car no less than three times. So uh, you don't have to worry about that one. I tried getting my little sister to vote, and uh, she's like, "Well, why? Your your draft sucks." And I'm like, "Just vote." <laughs> I'm like, "Just vote for me." And I think she even tweeted back. She's just like, "Oh." I voted for my brother. Yeah, I saw that. But she didn't actually vote, probably. I don't think she did. We didn't count that vote. The votes weren't there. It didn't matter. Stop the count. Fraud. Uh, <laughs> um, we got something else we got to end on. We got random Met. PJ, who's our random Met? We talked about him a little bit earlier. It's Chris Young, former Met pitcher. We obviously mentioned him as the GM candidate. Let's talk about him as a player. Brian, what do you remember about Chris Young as, the, as a player, besides him being tall? I was literally about to say, I remember that man being a massive human being on the mound. I mean, but honestly, I do remember that about him as a player. Like, the fact that the Mets had a starting pitcher that was like, like you just said, he was 6'10". Like, that is a massive human being. He was probably the tallest player in baseball. Um, I remember him as not a hard thrower. The Mets were getting him as kind of like a project because he was somewhat decent earlier in his career and the Mets were getting him to see if he can revitalize anything. Uh, he was the definition of a pitcher. Like he knew how to pitch, but he had nothing. He had no good stuff, but he knew how to pitch. Yeah, he wasn't going to blow you away with anything, but I mean, he, he had, he was on the Mets for two. I'm looking at his stats right now. He was on the Mets for two seasons. The first, the first season in 2011, he only pitched four games. And I don't, I don't even, I guess he was hurt. I don't really remember him on that 2011 team. I mean, those teams are kind of like barren wastelands of players, to be honest. But his full season in in, in 2012, 4-9 with a 4-1-5 ERA. And, I mean, that's a back-of-the-rotation back of guy and like kind of a, a not-great team. But, I mean, his career numbers are actually kind of surprising. Uh, he's 79-67. and 67. Yeah. He has a winning record, and he had a 3-9-5 ERA. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was a – his overall career is not bad. But also, like I'm looking at his like stance when he when he pitches, he kicks his like glove hand up. I'm doing it; no one can see it. But he's kicking his glove hand up so high, and the fact that this man is already six ten, and then he kicks his glove hand up full extension up to the air, he is probably like a seven five like fucking figurine when you're standing in the batter box. That's got to be a really crazy illusion for a hitter. Yeah, it's gotta be like intimidating. Like, even though he doesn't throw fast, the 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 monster of a human being already being six. And like you said, his arm releases all the way fucking uh, at its peak at like seven four, seven five, and coming that coming down at you, even though you know he doesn't throw fast, I feel like you expect like something to come out of there. Yeah, like I receiving. mean that that's exactly what it looks like. Imagine if he actually threw in the high nineties, like that shit oh would God. fucking terrify people. Instead, he just looks like a, a gentle crane. <laughs> A, a, a giraffe of sorts. Yeah. Full I, extension. I didn't. I forgot that he was an all star once. Two thousand seven. He was an all. He was an all star with the Padres. He went nah, nine and eight with a a three one two ERA. So good. Good for good. Good for you, Chris. Maybe you could be a GM in Texas because you don't want to go anywhere else. You got any shout outs you want to do this week? Anybody, uh, anybody worth noting? No. Any Pat? You have any people in your life Shut that up. actually mean something to you? Pete. Pete. PJ, uh, Pete. PJ's dad. Okay. That's my shout, shout out. out uh, my shout out is going to be our friend Gabe. His birthday was this uh, past few weeks. He got a cat. Uh, so shout out Gabe going through a midlife crisis, getting a cat at age 24. Shout out Atticus. Yeah, the cat. That's the cat's name. And also shout out Brian making me look like a bad friend that I gave a shout out to PJ's dad <laughs> before our, our friend for years when his birthday was yesterday. 
Uh, we really didn't say happy. I, we didn't say happy Thanksgiving really on the airwaves. So uh, I hope all of our listeners had a, uh, a happy Thanksgiving, happy December going into the last month of this awful 2020 year, hopefully. So let's, uh, let's, let's, let's turn a corner. You know, if there's, a, if there's any time to make, to make a big splash, it's uh, it's December last month. Let's make uh let's make one twelfth of the year uh, memorable and, uh, and not shit. And no, hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to keep it going shit? <laughs> Hopefully Uncle Stevie can uh, do some Christmas shopping for all us fans and get us some uh, shiny new toys. I do have a fun fact. Uh, cockroaches can live for two weeks without a head. I think, is that is that fun? And yeah, I was looking it's, for- always, it's always animal facts. It's a fact. Did you actually have that written down? No, I didn't have it written down, but I saw it on uh, on Reddit like two days ago. Something like that. And like they have like a second brain that's like in their abdomen. Like they're, they have, yeah. Their main like brain, yeah, their main brain's in their head, but their second, so they, they can live without a head. There's your fun fact. Turning over mm-hmm. the new corner and with a cockroach fact. Yeah. That's lived this whole life without head. See, now this is the third week in a row where the Bonellos are not going to be happy. Uh, this is Brian. <laughs> hey, you're, after you're, after you're I shouted out Pete. You could cut you're, all this, Pat. I can't. Yeah, that sorry, I'm in a rush today. <laughs> I gotta what keep you, it in. It, what do you have? Another surgery, you dummy. This is yo. You want to see my stitches? Uh, how was your like, surgery, Pat? It was good. I, I mean, I it was rough. The guy was not gentle. So he, uh, that, that's good. Yeah, no. He, uh, <laughs> I thought it would take like thirty seconds, and like the guy just kept. He walked in with his like on the phone, stood over me for about two minutes, just texting away while I'm laying there shirtless, like with a fucking cyst on my back. I'm like, all right, guy. Then he's like, all right, turn around. I'm like, okay, cool. And yeah, so now I, I get the stitches out on Monday. I'm glad you survived. And we were we yeah. were we were very uh, worried about you, I guess. It was it was it was sketchy for a little bit. I don't know. I was my confidence level was low. Is it ever high? Uh, no. <laughs> well, on that note, uh, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Scoop Big Man Pod. A lot of a lot of good stuff. I say the same fucking thing every week. Um, but you know, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Scooter Big Man Pod. Um, go support my campaign for Mets uh, general manager on all these social media platforms. Um, Brian, Pat, got anything else to say to add? Did I miss anything? Happy December. Let's roll. Five to four New York. Meet the Mets, fuck the rest at last, cause you're listening to the best sports podcast. We got Brian with jokes that make you laugh on the floor. He's a nine of best, like Brennan M.O. PJ's the man, so many hearts to steal, like a squirrel from a nut, call him Jeff McNeil. And then this pack, keep it everything rational. Too bad the fuckers are a fan of the national. Stop us, please, we ain't that slow. Push your ball so far like Peter Alonso. So sit back, relax, and if you're a Mets fan, cause you're about to witness Scooter and the Big Band. I'm reading for the line of Pat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm tall. Uh, that's a good Patrick star impression. Oh, I like the Nationals, but not really. I don't sound like that. I wear a Chance the Rapper hat, so people think I like rap, but I'm... Oh, it's 40 degrees. Let me get my man hugs out. Oh, what's my favorite number? It's not two or four. It's three. (laughs) Boo, boo. Everyone boo. Pat's wearing the amount of inches his dick is on his hat. I'm recording, so now I gotta gotta put this at the end. (laughs) I was saying all these things in hopes that you were going to do that. You guys see what I'm recording? Yes. 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 Oh, okay. That was on purpose. Yeah. It was acting. Acting. The role of Pat. Now that's gossip.